are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Everybody, welcome back to a healthier view. This is Dr. Scott Clithero with my bestie, Beth Sims. Hi, Beth. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm enjoying the nice weather. You know, we got snow here in Austin uh, last week. Did you hear about that? I did, and I saw pictures. We got some drizzle in Houston, so no pretty snow. Oh, that's no fun. You can't make a drizzle man. You can't build a drizzle man. That's no good. <laughs> nope, can't do that. <laughs> Well, it's great talking to you. How's um, how's everything going otherwise? Good? Everything is great, and I am so excited about today's show. I am, too. We I'm ready to learn because I've been seeing so much about this topic and hearing from my patients that I can't wait to have a little bit more information to give back to them. So without further ado, let me introduce everybody to our guest. Marlies Fitch-Ledbetter is our guest, and we're so delighted to have her. And Marlies is the founder of the Indie Hemp Company, and um, she is an expert in CBD and all things CBD. And um, Marlies, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited, and I love educating on this incredible, incredible plant. Beth, I, I, I was just going to say, I, it'd be nice for uh, Marlies to give us a little more background on on her, because I, I read her bio, but it's so interesting. I thought she could maybe give us a few minutes of a, of a, a biography of how she came to this point in her life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, gosh, so my backstory goes to really my birth. Um, my father was in Vietnam and exposed to um, a neurotoxin called Agent Orange, which you guys probably are very aware of, that attaches to your DNA and it gets passed down through generations. Um, when I was born, my right leg was not growing, and they said that it was possible that I was going to have a lot of disabilities growing up, um, and really, it didn't bother me much. My parents made it very normalized, so we did certain therapies to get my leg to grow, and around my um, middle school years, I developed uh, bipolar disorder and ADHD. Um, I started having neurological pain and numbness in high school, so I had to quit dancing, and then college, I dropped playing piano because I couldn't feel my hands. And it got worse and worse and worse. I was on 13 different types of medications from opiates to muscle relaxers to uh, psychotropics um, uh, and, and everything in between. And then I had medicines to keep me from side effects of other medicines. And it kind of came to a head in uh, 2012 and I had a massive seizure that gave me a traumatic brain injury because I fell and hit my head. And we went into a, an exhaustive uh, therapy protocol um, I told my husband that I didn't want to live like this anymore. And I was on the brink of basically giving up because I had almost lost my career. I couldn't work. I was looking at filing for disability. Um, the therapies were so expensive. We couldn't afford to even buy groceries. And we had, you know, $50,000 worth in medical bills. Um, 
And my husband started looking around. We had already been really big advocates of cannabis, but it wasn't legal in Texas. And, and I really wanted to, you know, be a successful career woman in what I was doing. And I, and I didn't want to be high. I didn't want to be on high on opiates. I didn't want to be high on anything. I just wanted to get feel better. And uh, my husband was researching and found out about CBD oil. And I thought, gosh, you know, how, how could this be possible? How could they find a way to produce the plant without, you know, having any so psychotropic um, issues? And, and he goes, well, it's, you know, it's worth a shot. So we both agreed that all it takes is saying, why not? Um, let's start it. And within weeks, I started seeing results from, um, you know, the first things were sleep management. And then quickly after that, I noticed that my pain levels were down, my anxiety levels were down and, and it just, it got better and better and better. And of course, the first thing I did as the, you know, knowledge junkie that I am is I dove into all the books I could find. I followed all the doctors that had been researching this for, you know, 10 plus years. I jumped into seminars and even though I didn't have a medical background, I was very, very curious and, and, understood the human body. And, uh, and then I created a, uh, an educational consultancy because I realized nobody really knew about CBD. And if I was going to share this with the world, I needed to find a way to privately consult people so that they knew how to use it, why to use it, what's, you know, how is the best way to start, what, how to find a really good product, what kind of quality to look for. And Indie Hemp Company was born. And that was five years ago. It's kind of grown into something um, that connects to all walks of wellness. So I partner with a lot of different practitioners from regular traditional doctors to Reiki masters and acupuncturists and uh, all types of um, wellness people. And it's, it's a really beautiful journey to watch someone go from feeling like they have no answers and, and nowhere to go to a year later living their best life. And with, you know, lots of different wellness um, protocols that you can do in additional to CBD, it is, uh, it's a beautiful, and, and for me, a miracle. Um, I, I think that's how I, I can describe it best is, it was my miracle. It was my, um, my new lease on life. Well, that is a wonderful story. And as you said, a beautiful story. And thank you for sharing that. But can you kind of take this a step back and tell us um, a little bit of the history of cannabis and CBD? Absolutely. Um, I love talking about uh, the history of cannabis and being um, a self-proclaimed historian. It's super fun to teach people about it. Um, history of hemp or, or cannabis actually dates back about 12,000 years ago to the Neolithic age in China. So they were using hemp. It was one of the first uh, um, crops that were domesticated and it was a very dominant crop. So they were using it for uh, fibers and textile and cordage. And we actually have carbon dated um, uh, items that have been found and fossilized uh, things found and, and mummies that go back five, 10,000 years. So, so we know that cannabis has been used for since the beginning of time, probably um, dating back to the Chinese uh, uh, emperor who put it in his medical textbook that in 2900 BC, he said that cannabis was the most uh, a predominant medicine used in their time. So for hundreds of different diseases and that, so, you know, 5,000 years ago, we knew it was a uh, utilized medicine. And then moving forward in the United States, uh, in the beginning of Jamestown, it was actually required to grow cannabis. So you had to have an acre of hemp. 
um, and they used it for covers of Pioneer Wagons and Clipper ship sails. Um, and, and people don't know this, but the Declaration of Independence was drafted on hemp and the Bible is printed on hemp. Um, so we've seen it throughout every single medical uh, pharmacopoeia that it has been suggested that cannabis has been used for over 100 different diseases and ailments. And even in the 1800s, it was in our U.S. pharmacopoeia stated that it could um, alleviate all sorts of things. Um, but in the 1900s, we did have quite a bit of racial equality and we had some uh, industries that were booming like the cotton industry and the lumber industry and uh, chemicals. So unfortunately, there was a, a little bit of greed battle going on as well as racism because it, marijuana, which is just a slang word, Mary Jane in Spanish, <laughs> for the more recreational use of the plant uh, was being predominantly used by blacks and um, Mexican immigrants. And so due to that, a, the reefer madness um, prohibition, you know, um, they came up with this reefer madness movie and all of these campaigns and it was very much on racial equality. And that drove it to turn into um, prohibition. And in 1937, Henry N. Singler, who has ties back to Stat Oil, which was one of the people that founded and, and paid for Reefer Madness, was um, put together the Marijuana Tax Act. And at that time, that was the beginning of the prohibition. And then in 1958, the last cannabis plants were planted uh, in Wisconsin. So 1958 is when um, the U.S. stopped all cannabis. So when you prohibit marijuana, well, marijuana and hemp are from the same plant. Um, Hemp is a, a, a describing factor as being a non-psychotropic plant and, and marijuana being psychotropic, but really they're both cannabis and cannabis is the species that they come from. They can be cultivated differently. They can be utilized differently, whether it's medicinal, recreational, industrial, but really they're still the same species. And so when we prohibited the species in the terminology, all of cannabis was prohibited. And so we stopped, we stopped it completely and, and it also stopped the research when we had tens of thousands of years of, of human history usage as this medicine, boom, it was stopped. And, uh, and now, thankfully, we're seeing that research drum up again with the uh, um, 2014 legalization of hemp uh, federally. Hmm. That's, that's so interesting. What a, what a history, you know? I mean, I, I feel like there's so much lost time, though. You know, listening to you talk 5,000 years of, of, of knowledge that there's benefits to this, this compound. And yet, you know, it, it reaches a point where they outlaw it. You know, it just makes me, it's, it's frustrating to hear that. It hurts my heart. It really hurts my heart yeah. because if we think how many lives could have been saved, I mean, even I have people that come to me and they see the, uh, the benefits of CBD and they think, gosh, if just I was able to give this to my mom who passed away a couple of years ago, or gosh, I wish this was available, or, or I really wish legalization would happen federally so that people could have access to medical marijuana or to you know, medical forms of CBD so that they can treat these diseases that have no treatable you know, protocols. And, and we've known from hundreds and thousands of years that cannabis has helped. Um, and CBD is just a compound of the plant and we can discuss you know, what that means, but um, we're, we're seeing things change. The landscaping has changed and I hopefully will see the uh, change of the controlled substance. Um, you know, being at a, 
a level one means that it has no therapeutic value or medicinal purpose, and it's highly addictive, both of which we know are not true, whether not it's true, CBD yeah. or medical cannabis or recreational cannabis. It's just not true. And we've been lied to, and, and, and it's really just people in power have ignored the research. The research was given to the Nixon administration, and he decided to declare the war on drugs with marijuana being the forefront, which was the most uh -huh. ridiculous thing because marijuana was of all the drugs less than Benadryl, you know, it's like, it's shocking. Yeah. And, and, and still people are in shock of how this, this could still be federally illegal as, as a species, but then CBD is legal as long as it contains a certain amount of THC. So it's, it's that gray area that we fall into um, as, you know, medical practitioners where, you know, do we cross the line? Do we, uh, do we help people heal um, knowing that there's still so much misconception and, and, Hopefully we'll see that change soon. Yeah. You know, Scott, I actually kind of have a question for you. You being at the hospital every single day, do you hear your patients um, or other physicians talk about CBD? Well, you know, it comes up the, when, when I'm talking to physicians, we bring up, you know, kind of the topic we just talked about, which is it's just a shame that there's not more availability of these drugs, especially when we see people come in with alcohol-related illness, which is a very common thing we see, and we're thinking to ourselves, wow, so alcohol is legal, but marijuana and, you know, cannabinoids are not? I mean, come right. on, it's, it's, <laughs> it is just absurd, yeah. But from patients, you know, what I hear a lot, and I guess it, I can deem almost my next question, or at least the topic of discussion is, you know, again, I think you kind of alluded to it, but if you could go over a little bit more, okay, what, how, you know, God, doctor, I see CBD at um, all the over the stores, but th how is that related to marijuana? There's still a lot of confusion out there, so if you could kind of again, kind of lay that out for our listeners, that'd be very helpful, I think, just to kind of talk about the difference and how how yeah. they're uh, different and whatnot. Yeah, so CBD, like I said, is a cannabinoid found in the cannabis family. So that includes hemp and marijuana. Hemp and marijuana, again, are just slang terms to describe hemp being more industrial and non-psychoactive and marijuana being psychoactive. But really, they're part of the cannabis family. Hemp um, CBD is made up over 140 different types of cannabinoids. You've got terpenes that are in there, flavonoids, fatty acids, um, and to legally use CBD across the country, it has to be less than 0.3% THC. Now, uh, cannabidiol, which is what CBD stands for, um, is one of, is the most prevalent of all the cannabinoids. It's probably the workhorse. Um, and cannabinoids are just naturally occurring uh, biologically active components that are specific to the cannabis plant. But we do now understand that CBD occurs in cruciferous greens and um, all of your flowering greens, like a hops, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, those are like more flowered top uh, mm -hmm. uh, vegetables. We see it in black pepper. Um, in the cacao plant, it's very abundant. Um, but cannabis hemp, or you know, at least the, the hemp strain, has an abundance more than any other plant of CBD. Uh, and then it includes, you know, THC, which we know about, uh, CBG, CBN, et cetera. There's like lots of minor cannabinoids that are active. And, and CBD has been proven to be non-addictive, safe, and has obviously many health implications. And obviously it's yeah. generated buzz for a good reason because it's, a, it's a, the increasing amount of data on how it works and why it works is very specific to health and wellness. And, and we now realize how amazing this cannabinoid is. Um, 
Now, hemp and marijuana, like I said, is just a federal identification, whereas, you know, hemp being non-psychoactive and marijuana being psychoactive, but they're both part of a hemp species called cannabis sativa L. And uh, we obviously focus on, in our practice and, and most practices, on the CBD benefits because CBD is the workhorse. It's the one that is analgesic and um, anti-inflammatory and helps with muscle spasticity and seizures and, um, and anxiety control and all these different things that um, people are looking for, but it works on the cellular level. And that's why we're able to say it can help hundreds, if not thousands of issues because of how it interacts with the body. Wow, that is amazing. And you know, it, it's interesting that you can go into a 7-Eleven and see CBD. I mean, you see it everywhere. So I'm sure there are different brands that you just wanna stay away from, but can you talk a little bit mm. about the different types of products and how to use them? Sure, absolutely. So um, the best way to, to just back up, the way that CBD works is that we have a system in our body and, and it was discovered in the 1990s when they were um, isolating how certain cannabinoids were reacting with our receptors. And so they, they developed that we have an endocannabinoid system. And the endocannabinoid system is um, our body's own natural cannabis system. So it provides homeostasis, it provides balance. Um, it is probably, and I, and I say this very strongly, one of the most physio important physiological systems in our body to maintain health. And when somebody's body is not maintaining good health, a lot of the times it's the endocannabinoid system, um, system signaling incorrectly or that it just isn't triggering for some reason. Um, and uh, so when you're taking CBD oil, the best way to take it is internally because when you use it um, inside your body, so let's say an, a, a tincture, an oil that you put under your tongue. The reason why this works best is not only does it go right into the bloodstream through the oral and mucosal veins in your mouth or, you know, just the little veins. If you think of like sucking on something and it works really fast, it's because it's going right through the, into the bloodstream. But also it hits all of the different receptors. So when you're taking it internally, you're hitting the brain and central nervous system and a, a lot of major organs, your endocrine system, your bone growth, um, but you're also hitting the immune system. And then the CB2 receptors include the skin, the muscle tissue, uh, your peripheral nervous system, and a various amount of other um, uh, secondary organs. So Oral is the best way to take it. But let's say somebody is having a specific issue with, uh, let's say, some elbow joint pain. If they take it topically, it is going right directly into that, um, that receptor system that triggers to the muscle and joint in that area. So the internal is hitting everything. But if you want to specifically go and attack a pain in a certain area or an issue in a certain area, topically will hit those receptors right away. And that's why people see immense relief from just a topical where they take it and, you know, in 10 minutes, they're like, how is this possible that I have pain relief? Uh, because of that signaling directly to the issue. You know, it's kind of like a conductor saying like, okay, violins, like I need you on point now. <laughs> like you guys uh -huh. got to yeah. play on, right. on, on, in, in tune and on, on. And so that conductor is sending out those signals and the communication to the body. Like, okay, now we've identified, we have an issue over here. We're going to send all of the support here. Whereas taking it internally, 
the body kind of chooses over time where to hit the support. When you use it topically, it goes right after that. And, and even skin conditions, um, so psoriasis and eczema and, 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 and inflammatory diseases on the skin, you'll see a very big difference within a few days because of the way that it goes and specifically attacks the inflammation and the cellular turnover and helps rejuvenate that skin much quicker. So you'll see everything from tinctures and topicals to bath bombs. Let's say somebody's got a lot of pain all over their body, they can soak in the bath. And so you're, you're hitting all of those receptors all over your skin that it's touching. So same thing is on a wider scale. Uh, you can add them to essential oils and, and create an aromatherapy type of um, experience with the CBD. So calming with lavender or sandalwood or, or vetiver and then adding that CBD hits it harder. So there's, there are so many ways. Obviously, edibles are another way. Inhalation is another way. Um, I personally, as somebody who works with uh, clients all the time, I find it's easier to dose with a tincture because you can very get to a very specific dose with just drops whereas inhalation can change how you inhale it and edibles obviously when you have to pass through the digestive and gastrointestinal system you're breaking down the cbd and you don't really know how much you're getting at the end because so many factors can weigh into taking an edible so it'll still work but um, i definitely believe that an oil tincture is the best way to go mm, okay thank you you're welcome. Oh, and definitely do your research on your brands because if you buy CBD from a gas station, you might as well just throw the bottle out the window because 80% of the CBD that's sold in pop-up shops, and I'll, and I'll include you know, your gas station, your pharmacy down the street, a lot of it's coming imported from China and it's riddled with solvents and pesticides. And we've even had bottles tested that had E. coli and salmonella. So you really want to make sure that you've got a brand that is, you know, maybe growing the hemp in America, that's got a third party analysis attached to it that you can actually scan and look it up yourself and know where, where your products are coming from. How are they sourced? How are they developed? Um, if you're taking a supplement every day, you want to make sure that's good for you. And because of the craze with CBD, you're seeing it pop up a lot, but you really have to make sure that you go with a brand that you can trust and that is completely transparent in the way that they make their products. Okay. Expand on that a little bit because that's exactly what I was going to ask you. You're, um, you're, um, you have a, a, you're psychic, you know, I mean, that, that's the, the problem for the consumers. How do you know what's quality and what's not? You said third party, what did you say? Third party evaluations? What, are, what is that? And yeah. how, do you, how do you know where those are? That's interesting. Sure. So actually um, they have in, in Texas specifically, one of the rules and regulations to sell CBD is that you have to have a certificate of analysis. And on the bottles of the products, um, at, not the topicals are required, but the internal ones are right now, where you have to have a scanning code, like a QR code, and that identifies that specific lab report for the batch that was included in that bottle. And that shows what the cannabinoid profile is, so like how much CBD and THC it has, because you could buy a mm -hmm. bottle that has over the legal limit of THC. And that's happened where people have bought stuff and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel really off. And I'm like, do you even know what's in it? Um, and then on top of that, you want to make sure that they have a pesticide and solvent report. So you want to make sure there's no like butane or any type of um, alcohols in there. You want to make sure that it doesn't have any pesticides or, um, you know, chemicals, uh, even microbials. Uh, so hemp, you know, if it's sitting in a, in a warehouse somewhere and it's not treated and, and stored properly, it can have mold. And then you've got a mold issue that you're taking internally mold, uh, you know, stores. Wow. 
So um, what I suggest to people is find a brand that is cultivated locally that from a farmer that you can trust that um, maybe has a, a level of um, oversight and regulation. So I work with a brand that's USDA certified organic. And the farm is organic, wow. the hemp crop is certified, and also every ingredient in the product is certified organic. And so they have that USDA label, which is very difficult to get. So I know I don't yeah. have to even scan for a pesticide report because I know they're not using them because they've already been certified at the soil level. So the soil and water has been tested because hemp is a bioaccumulator. So it sucks up everything that's in the soil. So if somebody goes and grows hemp and they've been growing something else that had pesticides used, that hemp for seven years is going to suck that out of the ground. And that's why you have to be really, really careful. Um, and then you also want to know how it's mm. processed, um, how it's distilled, uh, what kind of extraction their methods are using, and, and then what other ingredients are they putting in? And are they, are they yeah. using artificial colors and flavors? You see a lot of these like, you know, candy flavors like watermelon, citrus, you know, or gummies that have, you know, vibrant colors. And you wonder, what is that doing to you long term? So yeah. I, I, I suggest... That, I mean, that's why I created my consultancy, because it is the Wild West. It's so difficult for a customer to know. And so I, you know, I try to encourage people, find a brand that you trust and, and work specifically with that one, because then you'll really have really good results, because you know how the brand performs. You know you can expect consistency and transparency. Um, and it's a lot of work for the consumer, so I try to cut that down for them by being kind of an expert in <laughs> the investigatory process of, you know, is this yeah. good or not? You know, we'll have that information on the landing page of your show notes. However, I want to hear a story, like a good um, success story or a couple that you've had working. So you, you've been doing this for five years, you said. So mm -hmm. can you tell yes. us one or two success stories that you've had? Oh, my gosh, for sure. Um, and now I, I will say, and let me give a little disclaimer, like we can't say that this heals, cures, prevents, or treats any diseases. Mm -hmm. um, so I do have to be careful with that. Um, and, and that's why I'm not going to name the brand because I don't want it to, um, for them to think that this is, you know, a miracle product, but, sure. but, it, but, it, but I mean, how can you not? <laughs> so uh, one specific <laughs> client that I worked with who actually is now an advocate with me for um, cannabis is um, someone who suffered from multiple sclerosis, um, very high levels of anxiety, uh, back issues, chronic pain, um, on multiple drugs. Uh, she filed for disability and we had gotten back in touch. She was a high school friend of mine and she was like, Marlies, I just, I don't want to live anymore. And so I thought, you know, just, just give it a try. Uh, and she was like, well, I tried cannabis in high school and college. It didn't help me. And I'm like, well, this is different. We're, we're doing it on a, on a medical level. Uh, we're doing different dosing protocols. So she's like, all right, I'll give it a try. Within weeks, her muscle spasticity changed to the point where she wanted to actually get off disability. And she was sleeping through the night, her levels of stress um, were down. And after one year, and this is probably the most shocking, I have a few stories like this, but this was the most shocking. She had her, um, her scan done of her brain. She had over 100 lesions on her brain. And when she had her scan the next year, um, so over time she was losing lesions and the doctor couldn't explain it. She came to me and she said, Marley, there are only four lesions on my brain. Um, oh my. I had over a hundred. She's no longer wow. in a wheelchair. She's, um, she wasn't even walking up. So when I met her, she was with a walker. Um, and she then was in a cane and then she was walking normally. Um, then she had some issues and she had to get back off CBD. And of course her, um, 
it came rearing back and we can't cure her multiple sclerosis, right? But her level of change of quality of life was so incredible. How can you not tell others, you know, like how can you right. not scream yeah. it from the rooftops that we have just given this woman her life back. She can be a mom again. She can work again. She can have passion um, in, in the things that she loves. And she had lost all of that. Um, so that, that was one that was really incredible and even shocking to the neurologist that she worked with. And, and he had asked me to come in and, and speak with him. He's like, how is this possible? And I'm like, you know, sir, I really don't know. I mean, I understand the science behind it, but this is why we have, you know, from it not being legal for so long, we haven't been able to do the level of research that we could have been doing for the past hundred years. I mean, we've, we've, right. we've prohibited this um, from being really on a federal level, um, truly um, understood. And then um, another one was I had a client that came to me with her mother um, had, you know, at the end stages of Parkinson's, she was in care uh, full time. She wore a diaper. She couldn't communicate at all or see or do anything. Like she was, she was gone. And I met her and um, we started her on um, CBD oil. This was three years ago. And she called me the next day and said, you will never believe what happened. And I was like, well, there's no way it worked overnight. And she goes, well, you'll be surprised. <laughs> My mother hasn't said a coherent sentence in a while. And she woke up and said, I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> she was so excited to get up and go to the bathroom. And keep in mind, she's been almost, you know, bedridden with some help of getting up and down. And so that was the first night. And she was like, I didn't sleep at all because my mother just kept getting up to go to the bathroom. And we kept, you know, kept getting her to the bathroom and putting her back to sleep. And she got back up. I have to go to the bathroom. Um, within weeks, she was assisting in chores, like, you know, um, wiping the countertops. And then she recognized that they had a robot vacuum. And she was like, what's that? She hadn't, it's been Aww. there for two years. She didn't notice it. Wow. Uh, then she started identifying names again. And she called me and was crying. And she goes, I got my mom back, Marlies. And I said, how do you mean? She goes, she looked me in the eye and said my name again. She knew who I was Aww. again. This was three years ago. And, her, and she was told that she wasn't going to be around for much longer. So these are stories that I just can't not share because mm -hmm. yeah. even from, even from the slightest, you know, a, a child not being able to focus at school, maybe hyperactive, maybe a mom with levels of stress that are just, you know, debilitating, can't sleep at night, maybe can't focus at work to people with everyday pains. But when you see those results with people that their lives have completely flipped to the better, I, this is why I do what I do. And and sometimes it pains me to see some of the suffering. Uh, and, and, and I can't always help everyone, but the percentage that I can, that's what makes it all worth it. If we could just make it a non-category one controlled substance, we could, we could do more studies and have studies that would show and, and let researchers maybe dig into why it's helping, why it helps multiple sclerosis, mm -hmm. you know, better understand why it helps epilepsy and, and so many other countless things. That, I think, I mean, that would be... I would hope that someday soon with the way the tides change in this country, that the federal government will, you know, change that designation so that we can get some better research, you know, and so maybe, and also just a little more um, continuity across the country in these laws. You mm -hmm. know? Agreed. Cause we do have a few states still that have some strict rules or even around CBD. 
um, even though it's federally legal. And I would like to see that change because we have 15 states that are fully legal. We have 43 that are medical. And even here in Texas, we have the Texas Compassionate Use Program, which is not much more THC than even I sell. Um, definitely still don't get high, but um, we're moving towards accepting that, okay, so if you're in Texas, you can get a medical marijuana card, you know, quote unquote, not like other states, but you know, that's what yeah. they call it. And they list, you know, all forms of epilepsy, um, autism, all the neurodegenerative diseases, multiple sclerosis, so obviously Huntington's, Parkinson's, Parkinson's, dementia, Alzheimer's, and terminal cancer. But it makes me upset that we don't allow it for all cancers uh, because yeah. we've seen from these documentaries uh, just lives being saved by by cannabis. And, and obviously we have to have more research on what types of strains and what types of levels of cannabinoids need to be prevalent for types of, I mean, every cancer is different. So if we don't know how to treat it, how will we know? It's still just so experimental at this point. And, and there are doctors that have been practicing medical cannabis for 30 some years. Um, and, and their experiences, gosh, are off the wall. Of, of what they've been able to do. And they, and they do have very specific treatment plans, but until we change those rules, um, we, we won't really have any idea the ultimate benefits of what CBD and, and cannabis, and you, know, you can call it whatever you want, um, what, this, yeah. what, what it's really capable of doing. But I always just tell people, you know, if, you're, if you're wondering if you should try it, all it takes was why not? You know, why not? It's a, it's a naturally occurring substance, non-addictive, completely safe, it could change your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, my last question for you is, do you encourage people to take this as a preventative thing and just kind of as, you know, a daily dose just because it's good for you? Sure, absolutely. I think that um, just because of the way we live as human beings, we don't have perfect diets where um, we do have uh, exposure to toxins and pollution. Those are all taking tolls on our body long-term on the cellular level. So, even for athletes, they're like, why would I use it? Well, it helps with muscle twitch. It helps with focus and um, quick uh, response. It helps with, uh, obviously, the recovery process after a workout or a marathon. So really, everyone can benefit from it because every being that has a spine has an endocannabinoid system. I haven't quite figured out how to dose a fish yet, but we've, <laughs> we've <laughs> dosed uh, Komodo dragons. We've um, helped parrots. Um, we've helped all sorts of animals um, and pets and um, horses. I mean, we've seen uh, equine therapy work very, very well. Um, and you'd be surprised that even a large animal like a horse doesn't need as much CBD as you, as you would think. Uh, animals are much more sensitive than human beings, maybe just because we have so much more stimuli. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I wanted to circle back also to, to dosing, to, to the route. You know, I mean, we, we, we give medications transdermally and, and, and you know, it does get absorbed. Um, depends on obviously the way it's, it's presented to the skin and the, you know, the mixture, the, the solvent, if you will. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing we've seen more and more in, in the hospital the last couple of years is vaping lung injury. And so I've really, one thing I have said to people about CBD is, look, I think it's safe. And I think there's a, a very effective, and, and I certainly have learned a lot from you, but I, I'm not a big fan of the vaping uh, uh, thing for even can, uh, CBD just because of the potential for uh, lung injury from the, the deliverant system, the propellant and all that. Oh, sure. Any thoughts mm -hmm. about that? I mean, is that, is, or do you delve into that at all? Do you, do you ever recommend that? Or, and if so, yeah. how do you, what are your thoughts about that? 
I never recommend vaping. As you said, the propellant, um, the delivery system, you typically have to have vegetable glycerin or propylene glycol, both of which do not belong in the lungs. So that can cause bronchial trauma. And so I never suggest um, inhalants in, in forms of a vape. Now we have done some experiments with using um, oxygen systems for people that have COPD hmm. and lung damage where you can put the, uh, just like you would put an essential oil into an oxygen tank to maybe like open up your airways with eucalyptus, you can yeah. put it into um, an agitator so it's in the water and you can inhale it. So we've seen that oh. be really helpful. Some spas are starting to do it. Um, and it was just something I thought of like four years ago. I was at a spa and I was like, you guys put essential oils in here. Would you mind putting some CBD? We can try it on someone, and it worked. We had a girl that had fibromyalgia, and she literally felt it creep up her body, the relief. Um, she was totally in shock, and so, of course, they started carrying the CBD oil there, too. Um, and then the wow. other way is we do see um, some new companies coming out with um, propellant inhalers. The only problem with that is that uh, when one squirt might be too much for someone, um, so I've tested it on myself, and so finding the right dose for someone takes a lot of experimentation. And with CBD and, and even cannabis, I tell people, try to introduce it in micro levels and, and, and mm. slowly build it up in your system. Because one thing is um, cannabis does accumulate in the body very quickly and you can saturate. So it doesn't, you don't necessarily build up a tolerance. You can reset that tolerance at any time, but it does accumulate in your fat cells. Um, and so you want to make sure that you're, Kind of like wringing out the mop every few days to make sure that you're not overdoing it and people tend to be very anxious about how quickly it works so they overdo it they're like i know you told me to take a quarter of a dropper but i took a whole dropper three times a day it's not working i want to quit and like you have to slowly introduce it to the system because every single mm. person's cellular level is going to be different so we can't really base it on weight or height or age now those can be factors but there's so many factors on someone's tolerance and activation levels so I always suggest someone start low and slow, put a couple drops under your tongue, wait a couple minutes for it to go into the bloodstream and then swallow and, and, and increase that every few days so that you have that slow um, accumulation, but also your body is giving that moment of assimilation. So it kind of decides, okay, is this my sweet spot? Am I starting to see changes? And then if you see those small changes, that is, um, that is those light switches turning on. So you, you're not going to benefit much more from taking more CBD. So I always tell people, you know, the, the perfect balance just says anything in life is just finding what works for you. That's so interesting. You know, I mean, I think there's so much information out there and you've been so helpful in clarifying a lot of things, but how does somebody get information? You know, what's a reliable source? I know that you are a reliable source and we're going to put your contact information and feel free to share some more of that. But what are some ways that people can get some good information about it and maybe where to find uh, a person who can help them in their area are there are there uh, clearinghouses if you will or information websites and stuff like that there's not really but there is a um a society i'm a part of called the society of cannabis clinicians and so you mm -hmm. can research um somebody who has been either certified or vetted as a um, practicing clinician but I would always tell people find somebody that's already used someone or um, do some references to, you know, make sure that this is a person that's trusted. Cause even if they're on a clearinghouse online, cause I see there's a few different companies out there that have, you know, big, huge popular websites. And then the people they suggest are terrible. So <laughs> it's sometimes it's a pay to play in those situations. So just make sure that you, you know, ask around, um, even if, 
you're not here in Texas, most of the clinicians work nationally. We do Zoom calls and, and, and video calls. And so we can really guide someone over the phone. We don't have to see the person. I mean, uh, no. someone can tell us an idea. We're not diagnosticians. We're not giving them a medical diagnosis. Um, we just mm -hmm. have to understand how are they feeling and how can we, how can they benefit? And then we go from yeah. there. It's just the guidance and experiment. Um, another really good website is projectcbd.org. Projectcbd.org is a fantastic site of tons of research. So many different clinicians that I've seen and worked with and studied under have um, research studies and papers, and you can even download white papers on specific to the issue that you're dealing with. So they have one on chronic pain and one on arthritis and one on infertility. And there's all these different research studies that have been done. I mean, there's tens of thousands out there. So when people say there's not enough research, it's actually an abundance of research. It's just not being accessible to the public or it's very, under, very hard to read a PubMed <laughs> research um, over, overview for yeah. a normal person. Like you look at it and you're like, I have no idea what this says. Yeah. <laughs> what is this abstract, yeah. you know? So, it's, so yeah, projectcbd.org exactly. yeah. does a really good job of explaining it in layman's terms and then also using examples of people and research studies. Um, so I really, really like that website. They do a good, good job. Well, Marlise, I mean, you have that gift too. I mean, you have a very good way of explaining things. and. And I, I have learned a ton. I really, really appreciate your time. I know it's valuable and precious. So we appreciate you um, coming on and, and giving us some information. Thank you. No, I love this. I'm, I, I'm so happy that you learned something. And I hope that you can spread this to your clients and patients uh, and change some lives. Absolutely. And like I said, uh, Marlies, we'll, we'll put all of your, your information and all the links on our uh, show notes for the listeners who want some more information. And Beth, um, what do you think, Beth? I think that was a pretty good um, explanation. Do you have any more questions? No, I just want to thank you so much. It was so insightful and well-spoken and thank you so much for your time. You're so welcome. Thanks you guys. It was a pleasure. Well, with that, we'll go to a brief uh, message and we'll be right back. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. If you enjoy listening to us at uptomeradio.com, then go to a Healthier View show page to subscribe for updates, free gifts, sponsor promotions, and more. And make sure you stay connected to us on Facebook and Instagram at uptomeradio. Podcasts can also be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search for Up to Me Radio. I would like to thank our sponsor, Atlanta Life Media Agency, for their support. Scott and I will see you next time around. Until then, have a healthy day.